0: Let's talk with Ashley Saunders from Family Voice Australia. There's an issue that's developed, of course, with the expert panel that's reviewing religious freedom laws in Australia. Religious groups and charities and other invitees have been speaking openly and honestly in some closed meetings with the expert panel. Now, they have reportedly promised that The testimonies being shared are not being recorded, so people will be able to speak honestly and openly. They want discussion to inform the work of the review, and there won't be transcripts of the comments that are being made. Panel members have been taking notes but there won't be a formal record of the meetings. Ashley Saunders is National Director of Family Voice Australia and uh, joining us now to talk through some of these issues. Hello, Ashley. Welcome back to 2020.
1: Uh, thank you, Neil. It's good to be with you and uh, with your listeners.
0: Ashley, the uh, Family Voice Australia, uh, your organisation, has made a presentation to that Ruddock Freedom Review this week. Uh, that sort of uh, introduction that I made to our conversation today, uh, is that helpful or a hindrance, do you think, uh, informing the work of the review? I think it works both ways. Um,
1: And so the review panel has received over 16,500 submissions, and then they have worked through those submissions to invite individuals or groups to present to them personally, and so we were invited to present to them in Adelaide on Tuesday, uh, which we did. And uh, and it's it's pleasing to know that they're taking this seriously. They had very clearly engaged with our submission. They were very clearly across the things that we were saying. But in terms of them being what you might be, in camera meetings with no record, it, it works on the basis that you can discuss freely. But on the other hand. There's no ability for the public to then engage with what is said uh, and or to critique the evidence that's given. In a normal parliamentary committee inquiry, uh, there is a transcript of what is said and it enables people with an interest in the matter um, to engage with what was said and to critique that, uh, whether it's media, whether it's um, uh, organisations like Family Voice, whether it's individuals, there is real benefit, I think, in being able to critique. So it works both ways. Yes, by being in camera without a, a record of the, the meeting, that means that people can speak openly and honestly. But having said that, I'd like to think that we could speak openly and honestly about the threats to freedom of conscience and Court and religion, uh, even if we were speaking uh, on the record.
0: So there are those of us who would want to say uh, there's a substantial argument for protecting freedoms... And wouldn't that be good if that was on the record for others to discuss? Uh, But there are those who are trying to shut down the freedoms, and uh, we would say, wouldn't that be good if that was on the record for others to discuss? Uh, But for those who are uh, trying to shut down the freedoms, they perhaps will benefit most from this idea that there are no notes.
1: Uh, Yes, and in fact, um, uh, last year during the Marriage Postal Survey, when we were telling people throughout Australia that there were significant consequences to approving a change in the law, Uh, those who were favouring the change in the law were saying, no, there's nothing to see here. This is all about love and wedding ceremonies and wedding cakes and that kind of stuff. And uh, and yet uh, there are some of those advocates who have submitted to this panel that the um, exemptions, as they call them, to anti-discrimination legislation are already too much and they've got to be wound back. Uh, In the Northern Territory, there's a discussion paper separate to this panel that is arguing, for example, that there are benefits in winding back the ability of Christian schools to appoint staff who live in a manner consistent with the beliefs, that hold to the beliefs and live in a manner consistent with that belief. So that's already on the agenda in the Northern Territory, and we've made a submission very strongly against that. And uh, this is happening around the country, including through this expert panel review, where it's being argued that um, religious exemptions, as they call them, need to be wound back. Um, and so one of the things that I guess I find disappointing is that there's not a real recognition that there is increasing hostility towards Christians. We saw that in the Parliament. Uh, when the marriage law was being... Uh, debated when the law was changed late last year, Uh, one of the things that I found most disappointing, even more than the change in law itself, was that in the House of Representatives when every amendment that was aimed at ensuring um, religious freedoms and freedoms of conscience, when every one of those amendments was voted down, the, the audience in the gallery clapped and cheered the attitude is almost, we've won, you've lost, we're coming for you. Now, if that's not increasing hostility towards people of faith, I don't know what is.
0: Well, you make such a powerful point that the hostility is right there in the centre of what's happening with these laws, uh, with all sorts of legislation that will be around the Freedom Review, but it really starts right there in the Parliament. There's evidence on its own, and, uh, and uh, it's worthy of reflection that you don't believe that Philip Ruddock uh, truly uh, sees that there is a threat of, of hostility towards Christians, that somehow or rather that he believes it's just a, a, a nice political debate that's going on in the country. And, uh, yeah. and, and perhaps he has a deeper understanding of that, but that's the impression you're getting, Ashley. It,
1: it is an impression I've got. And uh, I have enormous respect for Philip Ruddock as a man. I have enormous respect for what he did um, as, um, as a government minister, as attorney general, um, uh, what I'm not convinced of is, is, is that he really understands what Christians, what people of genuine faith are going through and what we're looking to, like we will go through. Um, there's a big difference between robust discussion and insult. Uh, for example, when um, an Adelaide newspaper last year um, criticised something that Family Voice had said, not only... Slandered us, but uh, indeed in the follow-up article uh, about Family Voice and also about an Anglican church in Sydney, uh, it, it even used the F word in connection with Jesus and, and this, this is not just acceptable debate or robust discussion, this is hostility.
0: Yes, this uh, open and uh, flagrant hostility against the church is something we are seeing on the rise And I sometimes hesitate, even when we're talking about it, that somehow or other we might be increasing the capacity for this sort of thing to happen. But certainly it needs to be talked about. We need to be aware that there is a changing atmosphere in the nation. Uh, Plenty more to talk about so far as freedoms go and uh, that review reporting as I understand it at the end of March uh, we'll look forward to hearing what the review comes out with although as uh, we've spoken before Ashley Saunders there's not a lot of optimism that even if there are good recommendations that they eventually would find their way through into legislation. Uh, Let's talk about another important issue Uh, the Tasmanian election is on this weekend and uh, you've got your own thoughts on what might be happening in the apple Isle. What are your thoughts overall for how the outcome might look on Saturday after the poll?
1: Well, it's really amazing that the Tasmanian election has really snuck up on so many people. There's been so much focus on the South Australian election in a couple of weeks, and yet the Tasmanian election is just two days away. The most recent poll indicates that um, that it is likely that the present Liberal government will be returned with a smaller absolute majority. One of the things that makes it very hard to analyse or to forecast in Tasmania is that they have the Hare Clark voting system, uh, the essence of which, for the benefit of your listeners, is that in every electorate, instead of electing one person, in every electorate they elect five people, so that every of the five electorates has five members making up the 25 member parliament and uh... and so it makes it really hard to to analyze we as family voice have done our usual survey and we've found that um... there's uh, an increasing reluctance for many candidates to respond or for parties to respond pleasingly on this occasion um most of the liberal candidates have responded most of the greens candidates have responded and we say thank you to both of those parties for engaging uh, with this material but uh, only one or two Labor candidates uh, has responded and what we find is that across the the issues that we raise and people can go to our website I'm sure you'll give the website in just a moment on the right hand side of the main page is a link there for the Tasmanian election you can look at what the questionnaire is what the questions were asked And then you can look from electorate to electorate to see who has responded and how they've responded. Um, The brief version is that, in most respects, the Liberal Party scores much more highly than the other parties. Um, In most senses, their policies are much more family-friendly, except that the Labor Party has made poke machines a big issue. And uh, that is probably the only issue in which the Labor Party, um, in terms of our questions, is well ahead of the others. Because they've made a promise to, uh, if elected, remove all poker machines from clubs and hotels within the next few years. And uh, to actually take on that vested interest uh, is a very courageous move, and I applaud that
0: and uh, interestingly here whether this is a policy that is simply there to create a wedge uh, or whether this is a policy that's been in line with uh, other labor party policies or whether they're just testing the waters with this i wonder whether you've got any thoughts on that because uh, because it is actually uh, some would say quite an extreme policy and even not all christian commentators would say that a total ban on poker machines would be the way to go although uh, when you're ultimately uh, setting forth a christian position on on these things, that might be uh, the actual policy you might choose. But of course there are bigger issues than just the poker machine policies but it is uh, an important one that's in the mix and it does create some level of stimulated uh, discussion about these things, Ashley Saunders. Uh,
1: Yes, it does and um, uh, some years ago when I was a solicitor in New South Wales, I acted for a fellow who was a poker machine addict and um, it, it, it cost him his job it cost him his family Um, he even had ended up having a criminal conviction because he'd stolen from his employer to fund uh, the habit and um, the enormous damage um, that uh, it can do it's just so addictive and uh, we've heard the revelations over the last few days about uh, about uh, one particular poker machine or hotel owner and um Ways in which they encourage people to stay there. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that many listeners like me have gone into clubs uh, for a meeting uh, early in the morning and found somebody sitting at a poker machine. And when you go out some hours later, that person's still sitting at that same seat. And it's so sad. Um, and the cost to individuals, the cost to families is horrendous. Whether the Labor Party in Tasmania is doing this To be courageous, to cause a wedge, I don't know. Uh, I simply do applaud them uh, for having the courage to take that on. I wish that they had the same positive policies in other areas as well.
0: And for listeners wondering about the Tasmanian state election, we are going to have a preview with Christian commentary to the Tasmanian state election tomorrow uh, in our regular talkback time slot. And uh, there'll be an invitation there for listeners uh, to participate in that conversation as we talk through some of the issues, both economic and uh, certainly largely a lot of the social issues in which we often find ourselves as Christians at odds with policies on all sides of government. So not a matter of uh, being partisan, although somehow or other, at the end of a conversation, uh, oftentimes uh, your views are more uh, clearly defined. And as the dust settles, uh, you get an idea of how you apply your Christian ethics to a vote. So look forward to that conversation tomorrow on 2020, around about this time. Uh, Just uh, come back, just just before I let you go, Ashley Saunders... Uh, When you talk about the survey results and uh, you say that you've had uh, replies from uh, the Liberals, Uh, replies even from the Greens, which is uh, sort of unusual too because, as I understand it, the Greens have been reluctant to reply to Christian surveys uh, in earlier elections. Uh, But the Labor Party, very, very uh, guarded, uh, cards close to the chest, uh, not letting people in on what their policies truly are, don't want to stimulate discussion there. That in itself is a huge concern, is it not? Uh, Yes,
1: it is. Uh, I believe very firmly as somebody who is uh, involved in family voice as somebody who used to be involved in the political process that it is very important for candidates and parties to make sure that people know uh, what's on the line it's very important to share what your policies actually are and uh, what we've found for example in queensland for some time the alp was not responding to surveys and then Uh, with the most recent Queensland election, uh, we received a party response the day before the election. So that was the first time for some years they had actually provided us with a party response, and they did it at the very last moment. Um, And um, uh, whether it's the Labor Party, the Liberals, Greens, or anybody else, I do believe it is important for them to outline to people and to groups of interest... What their policies are, so that people can make an informed debate, so that uh, an informed vote. So it's not just about um, I think the Greens are on about saving the the uh, the the the, uh, the environment. Um, I need to know what their policies are when it comes to um, issues of religious freedom and when it comes to issues of safe schools material and all that kind of stuff. And, and the same for other. Um, other parties. That it's not just about whether you're creating jobs, but it's also about the standards, about integrity. Now, you and I, Neil, have had discussions over the last couple of weeks about issues of integrity, about character, and uh, we need to know what, what is the what, what 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 is what lies behind the policies, what are the policies, and what lies behind them. Very important for parties to engage uh, in that way, I believe.
0: Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia and the website where you can access that survey detail that's come from Family Voice Australia, their surveys of political parties and indeed individual candidates Uh, you'll know that there is a link there that Ashley was talking about. Family Voice Australia website is fava.org.au that's fava.org.au Ashley, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with our listeners today on 2020.
1: It's great to be with you Neil and I wish you a good morning.
0: Before you go, thanks for listening.
1: There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au and remember Vision is listener supported.